you want to get your Bibles out, we'll turn to the book of John and chapter 20. And the title of the talk is Be Not Faithless uh, But Believing. And we've had a few thoughts along the lines of faith and belief this camp, but just going to try and wrap that all up and summarise it in a, in a talk. Um, so John chapter 20, and we'll start in verse 19. And uh, of course, this is after Jesus died and, and was resurrected, but hadn't yet gone to, to be with his father. Um, and it just says here in uh, John 20:19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And we, when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. We'll skip down to verse 24, and it just says, But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in, my, in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Um, just got thinking a bit about Thomas's attitude. And uh, he, he obviously had been with the disciples and with Jesus for a number of years. And, and Jesus had told them what was going to happen, how that he was going to die and, and rise again, but uh, it seemed to come as a bit of a shock to the disciples when it actually happened. Um, and, but then it was, it was eight days before uh, Jesus appeared again and Thomas was there, which we'll read about in a moment. So for eight days, Thomas was speaking to the other uh, ten disciples that were left, um, ten plus him, and, uh, and they were telling him what had happened and he, he didn't believe all ten of them. Um, and of course, we, we live in a society these days where we, we look for evidence of things. Uh, people say, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, or they, people like to be able to, to touch or feel or, or hear something to know that it's, it's sound. Uh, but eight, time, eight days is a long time to not believe uh, that this had happened. And perhaps over time that got easier for Thomas because Jesus didn't appear again. And, and, uh, and he, just the words that he said that he, he challenged that uh, unless I can actually put my hand into the, the side of Jesus and put my finger into the print of the nails, he really challenged that, oh, I don't, I'm not going to believe that this happened. Um, verse 26 says, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen uh, and yet have believed. So Jesus said, uh, as the title of the talk, be not faithless but believing. And, uh, and uh, Thomas had a lot of doubt, uh, that obviously, that this had happened. And, and Jesus came straight to the heart of the manor and, and said, Well, if, if that's what you need to believe, well, go ahead, thrust your hand into my side. Um, and Jesus made him without excuse. He, Thomas could have gone on his way and, and, uh, and Jesus didn't appear to him again and he would have had an excuse saying, well, I, uh, I, I said, unless I, I do, do these things, I'm not going to believe. But Jesus took that and said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go one better than you and I'll let you do it. Um, we're, we're blessed. I, I used to read this and go, yeah, it would be nice to be blessed in that we can believe and not see. But then I realised actually we're in that category. Um, that we, we didn't see Jesus uh, in any form um, in our lifetime, obviously. 
Um, we weren't like the disciples who saw him crucified and then saw him rise again. Um, we're in a position where when we called out for the Holy Ghost, we'd, we'd not seen Jesus rise from the dead. And we went on faith that the Lord would fill us with the Holy Ghost. And, and that's why we were given the Holy Ghost, because the Lord saw our heart and saw uh, a willingness to believe in what we couldn't see. And, uh, and that's something that, that continues throughout our walk. We, we continue to have a willingness to believe in what we can't see. And like I said, people say, I'll believe it when I see it. But Jesus turns it around the other way and says, well, you'll see it when you believe it. When we believe that we're going to see the miracles, when we don't have d doubt in our life, that's when we start to really see the Lord working. Um, along those lines, I got thinking, why does God perform miracles? And, and what an incredible privilege it is just to have the Holy Ghost. And uh, if that was just the only promise that Jesus gave to us through his death and resurrection, that we would receive the Holy Spirit, we'd live our life, we'd die, and then we'd rise again at the last day, that would be an incredible blessing, and it would be an incredible promise of salvation. And yet Jesus continues to perform miracles while we're still alive. And, and uh, it, like I said, it would be enough for him just to give us the Holy Ghost. Uh, but he knows that sometimes our faith needs a bit of a boost. And, uh, and the miracles do that. When we hear about miracles, when we see them happen in our life, our faith is built up. And that's why it's so important to share testimonies. Um, I remembered a testimony the other day that I hadn't thought about for, for many years. And uh, one of our brothers was camping down at camp um, during a time where it wasn't camp. And he, um, he said it was, it was so windy that he couldn't sleep. And uh, he literally prayed that the, that the wind would cease. And uh, he prayed three times, and the third time that he prayed, his prayer was, Lord, do it for my faith. And immediately the, the wind ceased, and it got so quiet that he could hear the ocean. Um, and that's an incredible miracle, and that, that would have built up his faith. And, and I remembered this from, I don't know, five or ten years ago when I first heard it. And, and that, I was just blown away, as blown away now as I was when I first heard it. And, uh, and that builds up our faith when we hear these things. Um, also remember that when we're, when we, whenever we open our mouth and we speak in tongues, that's a miracle. That's a miracle that we can speak in a language that we've never learned, that God gave that to us. And sometimes we take that for granted. Sometimes we just pray and it's, it's something that's easy to do. We just pray in tongues and it's something we almost turn off, off our mind and, and we, let, uh, we just let it happen. And, and that's a good thing sometimes to turn off your mind and let the spirit just uh, rule your life. But sometimes it's good to just stop and, and think, when I'm praying in tongues, this is a miracle. And that can build up our faith. Recognising that that's a miracle it can build up our faith. Um, we'll go to Acts chapter 12. And of course, as we go on in our walk in the Lord, um, perhaps we sometimes lose our first love a bit and, and you might start to doubt. You might have a, a long-term need or feel like things just aren't quite happening the way they used to in your early walk in the Lord. Um, and if we find ourselves in a situation where we're doubting, where we don't, don't quite have that same uh, faith, or we do still have the same faith because we hold, have the Holy Spirit, but we get distracted from that faith with our doubts, uh, we remember what Jesus said. He said, thrust your hand into my side, and, and we get fully immersed in, in the things of the Lord. And, and sometimes when you lose your faith and you start doubting, that's when you start to waver and you stop praying and you stop reading the Bible and you stop perhaps fellowshipping as much as you used to. But... That's when the Lord really challenges us and says, get, get back in the midst of it. And, uh, and he who has respect for that, and he, he will perform. Um, we'll go to Acts, oh, I said Acts 12. So where are we going to read? From verse 12. 
sorry, this just to set the scene. This is after Herod had uh, had killed James, the brother of John, uh, and he uh, decided to take Peter also, and he, he put him into prison. Um, and then an angel came along and, and broke Peter out of prison. And uh, so Acts 12, verse 12 says, And when he had considered the thing, that's Peter, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And uh, I wanted to focus a bit about the people who were praying for this event to happen. They were praying for Peter's release, and they were praying for exactly what had happened. And uh, I don't believe that they didn't have any faith whatsoever, because otherwise they wouldn't have been praying for it. Uh, but they were praying for the very thing that was knocking at the door. And sometimes when we've got a long-term need, perhaps, or even something that's, that's really on our mind, we're praying for this victory. And, and what we don't realise is that the victory has already been won. And, and when we pray, it almost becomes a labour. And, and we, 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 we labour on this point so much and we hold on to this need. And uh, sometimes we need to recognise that, that Jesus won the victory and he's ready to perform it and it's knocking at the door. And we, just, we need to let it go and, and let Jesus have it. Um, but clearly the, the saints had some faith, but, but how strong in this case was their doubt? Um, think about the things that they said, and, and first they said that this, this young girl was mad. I'm sure that she wasn't mad and they would have known her, but they, that was their first reaction. And then the second one, it is his angel, and, and of course we know when people die they're, they're dead. Um, we know that they don't rise again unless, unless they're Jesus, and, and yet that was, that was more believable to these people um, than that the Lord had, had performed this miracle. And, and sometimes we can get ourselves into a headspace where we start to believe things that are not logical and, or not spiritual. Um, and we're so far from concentrating on the victory that uh, we can't actually see it when it's staring us in the face. Um, so when we're praying, are we, are we sometimes praying without the expectation and it becomes almost like a comfort zone where we, we pray and, and this is our need and we'll pray about this need and then we'll, tomorrow we'll pray again about this need and the next day we'll pray about this need without this expectation that God is going to perform it. Um, or perhaps we're just praying without being thankful and we're, we're, we're labouring it on the Lord and saying, Lord, you need to sort this out and, and not giving him the thanks that he's already done it. So when, when we pray, we give it to the Lord and we're thankful and we're ready to see that victory. But of course, we are still human. Um, there's times that we, that we can just give it to the Lord and it's, it's, that's an incredible moment when you have such an absolute clarity of faith that you can give it to the Lord and you can forget about it and you just know that the Lord's got it in hand. But sometimes, when, well, probably most of the time, we're not like that because our brain gets in the way and, and because the flesh wars against the spirit. Um, we'll go to Mark 9, verse 17. While you're turning there, I might actually read, here's a test, can I find Habakkuk quickly? Um, so Habakkuk 1 and verse 5, um, if you know Habakkuk, Habakkuk has a few um, complaints and then the Lord replies with, Behold ye among the heathen or the nations and regard and wonder marvellously, for I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told you. And of course, we can be like that where we, 
we, we don't believe, but, but hopefully we're not. But this is that society that we live in where the Lord performs wonderful things and yet those around us don't believe. But we don't want to be like that. Um, Mark 9 verse 17 just says, and, uh, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spoke to thy disciples that they could cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And when they brought him unto him, when he saw him, he straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And uh, as much as we, we want to be in a position where we're always believing, like I said, we, we're still in the flesh. We still have times where you've got the, you've got the spirit that's fully, fully believing and faithful, and then you've got this small niggling doubt, which is your mind taking over. And sometimes this needs to be our prayer. We know, we can say, Lord, we, we know we've got faith, and yet take away that doubt that's, that's the flesh. Um, so how do we do that? We sow to the spirit. When we sow to the spirit, we reap spiritual things. When we sow to the flesh, of course, we reap corruption. Um, and sometimes when we pray, it's, it can be a matter of saying, Lord, give me the answer that is best going to suit me. And, and sometimes we do get that different answer that perhaps we're praying for a particular, to be answered in a particular way, and the Lord comes in and, and answers it in a way that you're not expecting and you might even have two or three ways you're expecting the Lord to answer. And then he comes in with this, this completely different way that, that just totally, uh, you look back and you think, wow, if, if the Lord had answered my prayer in the way I was asking for, I wouldn't have been in as good a position as I am now. And, uh, and the, so that we have to give the, the, the Lord room to move and not just uh, put the answer that we're expecting into a box and say, Lord, give me, give me this, this answer. We say, Lord, just, just work in the way that you, that you want to work in my life. Um, psalm 13, just to finish, it's a very short psalm, so we'll read the whole thing. And when we read this, just contrast um, the start of the psalm with the end of it. So Psalm 13 and verse 1 says, uh, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted and over me? And then uh, things start to get a bit happier. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him. And those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. And then we see the, the conclusion. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And of course we can get in that position where... We feel like the Lord's not hearing us. We feel like we have to wait forever for the answer. And yet the, the answer is in the conclusion that uh, we trust in the mercy of the Lord. We rejoice in his salvation and we sing unto the Lord because he's dealt bountifully with us. And all the people said...